Welcome to Play on K, your Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And today is our bonus episode. Bonus. Bonus. Because we are in between dramas right now. We just finished Play on K and we're about to start Goblin. So we thought we'd do a bonus episode, which hopefully in the future will consist more of your guys' comments, your inputs, your questions... If you had a favorite moment and like, we are so into shout outs. So if there's like, a comment you had about the show that you wanted put into the podcast, tweet it at us and then you can tag us, hashtag play on K, and we will find that and we will honestly, you can be, we'll, we'll talk about your comment depending on how much there is to talk about your comment. Um, or we'll just talk about how you tweeted at us and, and how you felt about the show. Yeah, we want to hear your opinions and what you thought. And we love pretending we know things. So if you have questions, like, let us know and we will answer them. I will do some heavy research if that's what it takes. <laughs> Or maybe we'll just know the regular answer to your regular question. <laughs> Who knows? But for this time, we are just going to kind of talk about K-dramas in general and um, some stuff from Oh My Venus, some harder-hitting life lessons that we kind of skimped over. We're going to go on some deep, deep rants. It's going to be so <laughs> good. <laughs> and by that, I mean... I I think the content should be pretty good because I feel like there's a couple of things that just need to be discussed on their own, not as, like, plot points so much as just, like, um, relevant issues. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, next bonus episode, let us know what you want us to put in the episode. But for now, let's jump into some play on case stuff. And uh, first off, we wanted to talk about a little bit of health and wellness, because that's a lot of what Play on K was about. Yeah, oh my Venus. Um... Dang it! <laughs> oh my Venus! <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's kind of interesting, because it doesn't, even though it's probably the overlying theme, about around episode five, it stops feeling so much the center of the show. Um... But it is, it is like, what got this show started, and it's such an interesting topic, because I know we kind of talked about King Joon's own health and wellness, and like how she felt about herself, uh, where her mental health was at, and we've also talked about the other side of the spectrum, uh, her opposite in so many ways, Su Jin, and her health and wellness, both mental and physical, and just kind of how those have conflicted, but it it feels right to kind of do a compare and contrast and talk about the health and wellness that is seen throughout the show. And there are other characters, but who's who have that focus? But those two are kind of the the two sides of the same coin. Yeah. So 
Jinsung and Youngho are obviously the most fit people on the show, but they, I don't know, don't really have too many interesting aspects to talk about with their health and wellness, except that they enjoy being healthy and... I don't know. That's great. Yeah. Congrats. Good for them. <laughs> I feel like Ju'un is more like the everyman. That, yeah. That, I don't know, And in your teenage years, you might be a little bit healthier and find it easier to to kind of maintain your figure and and just be naturally beautiful. Yeah, because nature is your makeup at that point. You're 16. <laughs> Yeah. And as she got older, she kind of, I feel like let herself go is a term that I don't usually like because right. it's, it's, it's a little offensive. Well, it's but also I, after seeing King Jude day, like that's what she did. Like she napped and played dead <laughs> <laughs> for several years. What was it? Like 15 years of just yeah, like doing her, which is cool because at, and she's mentioned it a lot, but she was kind of like, no, I've been focusing on making myself smarter. I wasn't too worried about how I look. Um, yeah. But then it kind of came back to bite her because she was worried about how she looked or she wanted to kind of reclaim her physical health because for so long she just hadn't focused on it. And it obviously became a lethal problem to the extent that she had her hyper hypothyroidism mm-hmm. and it, it definitely mattered that she got on top of that but yeah she totally is like the every man girl where it's like i've been in the shoes of like trying to get in shape and there were so many moments watching her work on that particular aspect of herself where i was like that is me oh my god that is me uh-huh She's just so good at being funny while while working out and making jokes about how hard it is while still actually doing it. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's the hard part is I feel like sometimes I make jokes while working out and then I kind of take them seriously, where she's I like, oh, this totally is impossible, do. my thyroid, I can't. And I'm like, yeah, same, I can't. Okay, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, that's totally me. I'm like, oh, it's very difficult for me to breathe right now, and breathing is pretty important, so I think that I'm done exercising. Right, but she's like, oh, it's it's so hard to, I don't know. Like, she, she was struggling a lot with her hypothyroidism and exercising, and she would say how hard it was, but then she had three big, strong men around her who would not let her stop. Yeah, which I think that the biggest thing for me that is also even relatable in that is that I've always done better with physical fitness when I had an accountability buddy, like someone who would essentially kind of call me on like a or I guess someone I felt responsible to it's like like Em and I got really into working out a little while ago and it was a big deal to me knowing like just that you were counting on me to make it you know it was almost just assumed that we were going to meet up and do what we needed to do otherwise I would have quit sooner than I quit (laughs) yeah I feel like definitely 
they say like starting is the hardest part, but even to the extent that getting up in the morning and going to the park was sometimes so difficult and we did not want to do it, but knowing that the other person was going to be there, both in the aspect of like that made it so much more fun and in the aspect of you can't just not show up if somebody's waiting for you. Yeah. It was so much easier to start. Yeah. Every day. Got me there. Yeah, because if I'm doing it for someone else, for some reason, it's so much easier than if I'm doing it for me. But I think the most interesting part, I guess, is that Ju'un is always doing it for her. Yeah, that was a mystery to me. Yeah. I've never been that guy. I know. Even when I, like, wanted to be that guy, when I was like, you do you, like, treat yourself right. Immediately, I'm like, treating myself right is, like, King Ju'un Day, right? Like, yeah. pamper yourself, stay home, do a face Take mask. Take a day off. <laughs> watch a show. Uh-huh. Watch an entire show. <laughs> watch eight hours of a show. <laughs> yes, I am, I am the same way. I recently moved to Japan and was telling Raquel that for some reason I've gotten in the habit of telling everybody that my like, hobby is running, (laughs) and I've always liked running, like, I feel about every three years or so, I get really into running, and then I do a race, and then I don't run for three more years. (laughs) Like, oh, that felt good. I chose that, (laughs) (laughs) because me and Raquel just did a triathlon in April, Yeah. so I I haven't run since. Have not exercised basically at all. We pretty much just stopped as soon as we were finished. It was like, all right, well, that was a, that was a good triathlon. Good job, bud. Good job. (laughs) Uh, That was really hard, and we're never gonna do anything like it again. So also, though, Uh, we both lived in the desert at the time, and it's extremely hard to exercise between May and October in the desert. That's true. It's. October through May is prime outdoor season, yeah. and anything in between is just very, very hot. And I am but... very good at making excuses not to work out, so that is mm-hmm. the best excuse to be like, oh, well, <laughs> it's summer now, so I guess working out is over. Yes, it's too hot. But yeah, point being that telling everybody in town that I like running has gotten me running again because I feel like they expect to see me out running sometime <laughs> or You've created someday a so- town of accountability. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know people have already asked me to go running with them and I think they've said it pretty unseriously but if they do say let's go running together tomorrow and I have not run in 5 months <laughs> That's when it gets tricky. I'll die. Oh no. (laughs) I've been trying my best to to do it again. Which also running and biking and swimming are are kind of my my big things. Like I liked tennis in high school and I did soccer before that, but now, as an adult, those things seem really hard to put together. Yeah, it seems like, like you can a lot just of go prep. outside and run. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my biggest thing also, yeah, I, I think I like swimming probably best mm-hmm. out of all the things, but it takes so much 
prep, which sounds ridiculous, but like just having to go and find a pool alone is like a lot. Whereas I could just put on running shoes and walk out the door, but running sucks. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) But like you, you would still, I don't know. I assume you would still rather run than, like, try and play basketball? Because you're not going to try yes. and get a team together. Yeah. And that's find a basketball court and a basketball. So much effort. Yeah, or just play by yourself, sadly. Basketball is not a <laughs> one-player sport. I guess you no. can shoot some hoops. Right. Like, you can practice here and there, but... But, yeah, like... The triathlon things are so easy that that I feel like those are kind of me and Raquel's go-to exercise things. Yeah. And I don't know. It's very different from when I was younger, at least. And I would do the more effortful exercises <laughs> and be more well-rounded exercise-wise. Which is such a good attitude to get into while you're young as well, because I feel like I relate a lot to Ju'un as well in the sense that, like, I don't think she did anything before. Like, she didn't work out really as a kid. She just relied on that good young metabolism to keep her going. And that was totally me. I I did cross-country running in high school for, like, one year. And then after that, I didn't do sports i only did like academic extracurriculars but it was fine because i was a teenager and i it just worked out really really well that like i didn't have to do those things and then one day i did and it was awful oh (laughs) watching her get in shape is me every time i try to get out and get in shape (laughs) (laughs) she's just so relatable that's a great thing about her being the main character is that she's so relatable but so strong. Yeah. Like, she does it. She's such an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then you get a lot of, I guess, the flip side of, I guess, the negative things that come with being motivated to, like, look like you're in shape or lose weight with Jin. And I think that that is a really, really interesting juxtaposition that they decide to provide in the show, because it is kind of a big deal to note that, like, there is a healthy way to do it and a very unhealthy way to do it. And um, obviously, like, there were also just, like, so many problems that played into the way Sujin decided to lose weight. But from what I could see, it was mostly done through, like, diet pills and um and i think they said at one point that she had both anorexia and bulimia right and so it's like it becomes like a huge mental health problem as well where it's just it was destroying her and it it was a really bold but important idea to put in there you know where we have king joon who has health problems but she's solving them in the best way that she can, versus Sujin, who didn't have, like, her health problems were mental that were causing her physical health problems, if that makes sense. And it right. it all came from the, the separate mentalities of, like, doing it to become a healthier person versus doing it to become a thinner person. 
Yeah, and I, they did a really good job of showing the repercussions of those, where um, Ju'un ended up curing her hypothyroidism and being this healthy person that can go on and live the rest of her life, whereas Sujin, when she is trying to have a baby at the end of the show, finds out that maybe she can't because she's damaged her body too much. Yeah, and that was... That was a really hard-hitting presentation of how, yeah, how the repercussions of how you decide to treat your body um, can kind of come back. Which is, I mean, it's so hard, too, because I do think that it's not even necessarily a decision when all of those mental health problems are coming into play. It's more than anything just, yeah, like a, a... condition of where your mental health is at and I think it's also good that they included some amount of Sujin's recovery from her mental health issues I wish we would have seen more of that like more of her getting help for stuff like that because I think that that's really important as well uh, when, when talking about health and wellness and yeah finding out that she has bulimia and anorexia makes it a much much bigger issue than just like where she's at physically I think yeah and I think in Korea mental health issues are still kind of swept under the rug a little bit Mm. and this is my perception as an American so right anyone can tell me that I'm wrong and please do but uh from what I understand it's still not Super talked about. So it was nice to see her, nice to see Sujin get a little bit of help. But I also wish you could have seen her get more help with her depression and her eating disorders. Because I think that's important for young viewers who may be struggling with those things and don't feel like they can go to a psychiatrist because... Maybe that's looked down upon. Right. And I think that we live in a really important time where we're kind of starting to, or have been finally talking more about stuff like that. And I think it's a way important discussion to have, which is why I don't mind bringing bringing it up in our normally really lighthearted podcast, because, like... It's so important that it is talked about and that it isn't swept under the rug and that we're kind of finally reaching a point in time when people are seeking help for stuff like that. It's a really scary thing to seek help for, I think. And mm-hmm. um, and the more people... It's hard people... to admit. Yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> health and wellness for you guys. Yeah. Oh, sorry if we got a little oh. heavy. Yeah. But... Yeah, I feel like we live in a time where physical and mental health are equally important. And I really liked how All My Venus approached these these topics. Yeah, because everyone had their physical stuff and everyone had their mental stuff. And they all had to kind of find a way to confront their own problems. Yeah, so we thought... It would be important to talk about it. Uh, I think the next thing we wanted to talk about was the laws and, like, the grievances that came up in Oh My Venus. Yeah, there were so many times when both of us were almost just like, how is this a thing? How 
How is it a thing that, like, she could be stalked by someone? Someone could literally break into her house and the police are just like, I mean... Look at you. you there's no like, way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's probably just a mistake that he was in your apartment tonight. Like, oops. Everybody go home. Yeah. Which is to say, um, we don't know much about the law like we are not police people or lawyers nope and we especially don't know much about the law in korea right like it's one thing to even know the law in your own country which i am woefully ignorant of of, yes and then to yeah kind of be dealing with the the laws in a completely separate country and then you add into the fact that like it's a drama so you don't know like how much is played up for convenience of the story and plot and how much is truly how it's handled but i mean in a way i did see some sim- similarities between like it's easy to like just kind of brush past those issues i think um even in real life, in that it's like, it, if they had to prosecute this guy for stalking this girl that these jerk cops didn't think would would even have a stalker, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's realistic that something like that could get swept under the rug, unfortunately, which is bananas, because that's such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's such a huge deal, especially for the victim, Ju'un, who then, like, oh, my Venus pointed out, she couldn't go home. She didn't feel safe going home. Yeah. She, If her friend is busy like she was, she couldn't go to her friend's house. Like, she had nowhere to go after being stalked because she was too afraid to go home and... That's the police didn't take the time to care. Yeah, they were like, ah, shoot. Well, good night. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a part where I think it's Young Ho that points to a poster on the wall and says, like, "Do women feel safe in Seoul?" Because that's what your poster on the wall says in the police station. Like, women feel safe in Seoul. Yeah, and, and he was like, "Is that? I mean, the way you're treating this situation." It doesn't feel particularly safe, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just so sad. It is. And yeah, I feel like that that happens oftentimes in America as well, where the police make a judgment that may not be the right judgment. Right, for expediency's sake. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. uh, well... And because... The victim can't prove anything. Right. And so technically, I mean, by the law, yeah, like, shoot, by the law, this doesn't look like anything that is a legal issue, so. Mm-hmm. So we just have to let both of you go. Yeah. Or there's the flip side later on, the other kind of law thing that we wanted to talk about, um, something that probably should have been let go but was prosecuted and it's um Jun Seung's mom going to prison for protecting herself um but then 
killing her husband in a domestic abuse case and it's like that's kind of the other thing where it's like kind of believable in a messed up world and obviously like k-dramas and convenient plot points and stuff make it even crazier but it's it's interesting i guess as far as the plot points go but also to kind of wonder like does that happen like do domestic abuse survivors go to prison if they defend themselves from their abusers right isn't there like a manslaughter in the i don't know third degree is that i don't know if that's right uh once again woefully ignorant woefully ignorant about our Uh, own laws uh let alone korean laws but i just feel like i do know america has something where it's like they probably she probably wouldn't have gotten off free but in the case of self-defense it and I think makes I think they difference. said in the show a similar thing where oh, I guess the lawyer means- that Jun was talking to said like nowadays she could there are domestic violence laws that would protect her but, but then there weren't yeah yeah I forgot about that I don't know oh it's just so interesting to get a peek into the world of the law through this show especially korean law because we know nothing about it yeah i think a lot of times in k-dramas there are things like when wushik punches the stalker and he gets arrested for assault and that surprised me the first time i watched k-dramas because there's usually a punch or two thrown for for the added drama yeah throughout somewhere throughout the season and it has a huge legal repercussion like they they have to go to the police station and talk to the police about assault for throwing a punch and i think in america that probably could be true that's probably always assault i think it's not taken as seriously here in america everyone's throwing punches i feel like like it only becomes an assault case if like a party pushes it in that direction like if i got punched on the street but i decided like that's assault then it would be treated like assault but usually it's just like people get in a fist fight and then everyone like walks away from it and no one worries about it really yeah so i was surprised it seems like at least in k-dramas almost every time someone gets hit they're taken to the police right i was like oh what a nice society to live in i know where all violence is treated like violence yeah yeah but i don't know maybe that's also an exaggeration where i could see that happening on american shows and people being like yes assault is treated very strictly in america and you're like no no it's not it is not people get yeah no no one really gets like arrested for assault if they throw a punch yeah so i'm curious maybe someday someone will tell us if that's actually how korean culture is it sounds lovely is 
Yeah. I'd love to go to a place like that. <laughs> Someday. It feels so much safer. It does. I mean, I guess I'm in a place like that. You in Japan, are. I can't imagine somebody punching someone. No. <laughs> What a novel idea. What a beautiful place. I also, like, I know this is really, really weird, but for me, in my mind, it's, like, really common for people to get into fistfights in America, and then I was trying to recall the last time I saw anyone fight another person with their fists, and I was like, oh no, that it never happens. It doesn't, guys. America isn't just one <laughs> giant fist fight. That's fair. I don't um, think I've ever seen someone get punched in real life. I, well, I've just always been ready for it. Yeah. High school, uh, I I saw a couple of fist fights, but I don't know if that's, like, the case with all just, like, you know, adolescents and hormones are going crazy and people just want to fight each other. Because I saw a lot mm-hmm. of fights in high school. <laughs> Remember mm-hmm. how I grew up on the other side of the very <laughs> small town Utah tracks? <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was on the good side of town, thank yeah, God. Thank God. So I yeah. never had to see that. I'm so glad that you decided to befriend me and take me out of that terrible, terrible place. <laughs> For those who don't know, me and Rio went to the same high school and grew up like five streets apart. Yeah, and uh, we... my parents have a beautiful home in a beautiful neighborhood. And no one is actually that mean. No, it's a very small, classy little town. So, we're joking. We're fine. Like, Raquel actually had seen fistfights, but it's probably mostly from boredom more than aggression. Yeah, it was never, like, a serious thing, I feel like. Or maybe... It's always a serious thing, and Korea is right to treat it that way, and America has ruined me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anymore. It's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. Um, oh, oh, another thing we wanted to talk about is, um, Soojin being a petty girl throughout the entirety of this show. Because it's such a relatable side of Sujin, and that's what you make, what makes you hate her so much. Because right. you, it relates to a part of you that you don't want exposed. I know, and it's like, I feel like she took it further than the average person would. I think day to day we're more in control of ourselves than Sujin was mm. over her actions in. Uh, in Oh My Venus, but she, um, she is unbelievably petty, and it is totally true that, like, when you're that hurt, because she was hurt, like, at the beginning of that, the show, she was crazy hurt, you know, and she went through so much, and as we discussed, she has a lot of mental health stuff, and when you're that hurt over some stuff, it's, it feels so good to just hurt a little bit back. The way that she yeah. terrorized Ju'un. Like, that's so petty. But, like, I think so it's... So relatable. Yeah, I don't think it's out of line. Like, I think it would totally happen. Every day, there's pettiness all mm-hmm. around us and in our hearts. Mm-hmm. 
it's that feeling when you see that no one has done the dishes in the household, but instead of just doing the dishes, you decide to make it a competition on who can go the longest without doing the dishes. <laughs> but you hate to watch it. Yeah. Like, you hate to watch other people doing it because you see how immature and dumb it is. And you know you do it. Yes, you know you do it all the time. You know that... at one, I, So this I have never done, but I know people have done this. That thing where you stack someone's dishes, like, outside of their room or something. Like, roommates, you know? And they haven't done yeah. the dishes. <sighs> haven't done it. I haven't think. had it done to <laughs> me. I'm trying to think what, like, the pettiest thing I've done to a roommate is. Because right now I have the two best roommates in the entire world, but... I've had mm-hmm. some cruddy roommates, and they they made me the most petty person. That I was living my <laughs> pettiest life when I lived with some of my old roommates. <laughs> That's fair. I have never had roommates. Was blessed with meeting my husband at sixteen years old. So <laughs> I've always lived with him. <laughs> Since she was 16 years old. No. Moved in with him when I was 18. But I moved out of my parents' house and into Jason's apartment. So, never really had roommates. Um, I try not to be petty to my husband because I feel like that's the worst thing a human can do. I feel like in relationships... And be petty. I feel like, and I mean, I'm a terrible judge of this because currently not in a relationship, but I feel like Mm. in relationships it is the slipperiest slope because you really don't want to be that way to the person you love most, but also, like, it's so much easier because you love them and you know they love (laughs) you. You know they'll forgive you? Yeah. That's fair. I guess that's the thing. That's like what we're talking about. I'm like, oh, I can't, I couldn't think of a single situation in the last five years that I've been petty to Jason because I don't want to think of those because that is the worst part of me that I wish never existed. (laughs) Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard to even think about. Yeah, I'm the same way. I keep trying to think of like the pettiest thing I've done and then my brain recoils. It's like, no, we can't think about this. They never happened. They, you're never petty. You're perfect. I've always been very sweet, and I communicate in a very assertive, healthy way. Yes. I am not petty. <laughs> I am not passive-aggressive. <laughs> I am perfect. So... Super yes. sucks. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a great villain, because... She's so relatable. She has so she many. She's just the worst part of all of us. Yeah, she she just she has very human qualities, and they might be all of the negative human qualities, but she has them. Uh huh. Um. Oh. So the last thing that I have on my list of wanting to talk about is um, actors versus characters. Oh, we have to talk about that. We have to, because I don't want people thinking we're crazy. No, I mean, like, at we least are. not crazy in this situation, because we're not going yeah. to, like, mob an actor 
like, we see on the street because we love them so much. No, we are very aware of boundaries and Mm -hmm. we're very aware of people's rights to their privacy. That said, there are some actors that we just really, really enjoy following on Instagram. And I think them having an Instagram or Twitter at all means that they probably don't mind being followed, but also we admire them as people. Yeah. Like, so especially Henry Lau, this last season of <laughs> oh, My Venus, we fell in love with the character Ji Wung. Yeah, and then and immediately G- hopped on the internet and found his Instagram. <laughs> and, all and his, his real music. name is Henry Lau. Yeah. And he is a real person that we have real respect for. He's a really, really talented person. It's incredible how many, like, things he has going that like how many projects like he acts and he sings and he that violin yeah he produces and plays instruments and speaks languages yeah and like how cool is that so we admire those aspects of him we don't know where he sleeps yeah (laughs) we're not not out of control (laughs) and we just felt like we needed to make that apparent because sometimes we talk like we're out of control. Yeah. And, it's and just... we're not. <laughs> All I, in good fun, guys. I think Em and I have a really, really weird snowball, snowball effect on each other where we see who yeah. can say the most out of control thing. <laughs> it's a really fun game, but it's just a game. It's always just a game. So, yeah, if you ever hear us talking about... Uh, Ji Cheng Wook, who is our favorite. all-time favorite. Ji Cheng Wook is our man. He is, we call him our boy. Our boy. Because uh, we like him as an actor and a person, and we have never met him. So we can't say that we love his personality, because, gosh, who knows? Who knows? I'm not, not going to put that out there. Yeah. What we're... if he's mean? <laughs> we can't. That, that's another, that's a path we don't want to walk down. No, but we think, in theory, we really, really like him. So he seems um, like if a you delight. hear us talk about him, we'll be crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's we going to sound. <sighs> we. I a mean. Lot. Yeah. Just bear with us. Usually, we come out of our weird little trance after a couple of minutes. But yeah, if he comes up, I mean, he's gonna come up, and when it happens. Just write it out, my friends. Or <laughs> just skip that, press that 30 second skip. Or join our weird little club and let us know how much you love G. Chang Wook. Because he's the best. He's the best. That's best. Is he your boy Again, too? we don't know where he's <laughs> We do know he's in the military right now, and that feels like too much information. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten too personal. I'm so sorry, G. Chang Wook. I hope that you have a wonderful experience. In the military. Why am I talking to him like he's gonna listen? (laughs) He's not gonna listen. He's not gonna listen. If we saw him in real life, we would not run up to him screaming like fangirls. I don't even know if I could approach him at all. Like, I'd want to. I'd want to be like, hey, I appreciate your work. But I think I would freeze. I think I'd freeze up like a crazy, like a deer in the headlights. But it's our dream to someday interview him. 
like real professional adults in a formal setting oh, how- because we love him that much. That is what dreams are made of. Someday, I hope. Someday. When that- <laughs> other people join our thousands of listeners. Oh, can we... Maybe I'll have to edit this out. Can we talk about how we have zero listeners? <laughs> This is you and I having a conversation with each other and posting it on the internet. Isn't that what podcasting is for, though? It's for best friends to reconnect thousands of miles apart. (laughs) So we can always continually be as obsessed with each other as we are with Ji Chang Wook. It's kind of like the running thing, where, like, obviously we would be in touch overseas, but this way, I have to ensure that I get internet as quickly as possible wherever I move. And <laughs> that we make sure to call each other every single week. Every probably single week. multiple times. Like, probably every single day this week. So. Yeah! So I feel like it's just best friend insurance. Yep. So <laughs> that's what this actually is. This whole time we've been lying to you. We're not doing this for you, we're doing this for us. And we're doing it for you. Please listen to our podcast. Listen to our podcast and connect with us so you can be in our best friend club. Our best friend club, and one of the criteria is you have to love Ji Chang Wook. In a normal <laughs> way. In a very normal fan way. Yeah, if you've way. got like a Ji Chang Wook mask, please do not out of here. Us. We cannot... <laughs> Have you in the we club? We cannot relate. <laughs> so sorry. You I... can't come to the sleepover. <laughs> but if you really like him as a person, like yeah, if you if you reveal to us that he has a great personality, indeed, you can definitely be part of the club. You can come on in, and we'll talk about it in a normal way. In a normal adult way. In a normal it might sound like voice. we're fangirling. But we're normal adults, so we don't do that. We have lives outside of K-dramas. Not really, though, right? Sort of. For real, (laughs) I do not. (laughs) You have the privilege and honor to let it be your life right now. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of K-dramas. So I told Raquel before this started... I love the first three episodes of K-dramas, and then I usually get bored, and I stop. And start a new K-drama. If you ever ask me if I've watched a K-drama, I probably have, but probably only the first part. I mean, in a way, I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that eventually we're going to get to so many of those K-dramas. Like, I'm not going to say all of them, because that's a big commitment, but I want to keep doing this for a while. And probably we'll we'll watch those together. So I'm glad you're test driving them, seeing what feels yeah. right. Yeah, like I want to do Oh My Ghostess on Play on K sometime. Yeah. So I started binge watching it yesterday and I got real into it. And then I realized I was four episodes in and I was like, you gotta stop. Can't, you can't watch past four. Can't watch any more. We have definitely, this this podcast is like the best and worst thing that has happened to me because it stops yeah. me from binge watching things, but also it stops me from bin- binge watching things. That sucks. Ugh. It's ruining Ugh. my life. 
It's like helping my friendships and ruining my life. <laughs> Anyways, if you have a K-drama that you think I should finish, <laughs> let me know. Uh, and if you have one you think that we should finish here for the podcast, let us know. Because pretty sure, I think we said last week, but also reiterating this week, I'm pretty sure we're going to do Goblin for our next K-drama. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting, because we've heard nothing but incredible things about it. Yeah! And then um, you can expect the first couple of episodes. Still haven't checked on, on the episode layout of that one, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be pretty similar to this one, where it's at least the first three, but probably the first four, I'd bet, episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Also, like, we, we'll tweet out whatever we decide to do with it. So if you follow us on Twitter, it's playonk, at playonk is our handle. Yeah! And we'll let you know what episodes we're watching. So keep in touch with us. Also, if you're listening to this 15 years in the future, hit us up. Let yeah. us know. We don't even care that it's been 15 years. We just we're wanna... probably still watching K-dramas. And we're probably still doing this. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Best friend insurance forever. Yeah, we're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep this for us forever, ever. Yeah. So let us know and be like, I listened to that episode that you said you had zero listeners, and I am one listener. Yeah, and then we'll finally have one. Fifteen years <laughs> from now. later, we'll have one <laughs> listener. Welcome to Play on Cake. It is so good to have you. <laughs> also, thanks for listening to our bonus episode. That's that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. We'll be back next time for Goblin. For Goblin. Uh, in the meantime, we we already talked about our Twitter. Have we talked about our email? Mm-hmm. The other place no. they can reach us? It's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. And you can email us there. That's like a really good way to get a hold of us because you can use more than however many characters Twitter limits you to. (laughs) And we will totally, I mean, like, we'll totally read the crap out of that. We may even respond because we have zero listeners. So, but like... We'll probably respond to the emails. You can also comment on the exact episode on either our website or iTunes, which are both playonk.com or just playonk on iTunes and comment on those and, and then we'll know which episode you listen to yeah and we can be like oh that is a popular one or just one that someone arbitrarily chose or we'll get it we'll get it when you say you said you had zero listeners I guess you could put that on pretty much every episode, and we almost always say we have zero listeners. Yeah, or rather, I make a joke that implies that we have zero listeners. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Just get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we love your faces. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk to you. Yeah. Um, and join us next time for Goblin. I'm so worried. The goblin is going to be too fun a word, and I'm going to start saying it real weird. Just over and over and over again until it doesn't even sound like a word anymore. Yeah, I already feel like it doesn't sound like a word, like goblin. Goblin? Goblin? Goblin.
Ooh, that's that's really good. <laughs> Garbling. <laughs> oh man, we'll try not to for the podcast. We'll just do it for the bonus episode. So, yeah, um, our theme song was made by James Hevel. Uh, Thank you as always. Thank you. So talented. So talented. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.